This is J.D. Riznar coming at you from my bedroom to announce that the Bumper Boats Beyond Yacht Rock Bumper Guessing Contest is closed. And we have no winners. Because it was hard. Listen at the end of the show, and we'll tell you what the answers were. Now here's the podcast. Listen to this garbage. You know who this is? Let me give you a hint. It's a track off his 1967 debut album called David Bowie. Is this Anthony Newley? Good guess, but no. Here's another clue. Uh, There's a clean-cut dude on the cover named David Bowie uh, in some Austin Powers font that reads David Bowie. Have you guys guessed who it is yet? Austin Powers? No, I'll let you listen for another couple seconds. Is it the Laughing Gnome? Listen for another couple seconds. Listen, listen. When you walk out through your You guys give up? Leonard Nimoy. No idea. The Laughing Gnome. It's David Bowie. Oh! This this song isn't as bad as it sounds. It gets a little subversive and there's flashes of genius. It's a little funny, but uh, he clearly hasn't found his voice yet. That sounds like his voice right there. (laughs) Well, it's a singing voice, but... See what I did. Yeah. Explain it, Steve. So... You know, how do we get from that to the actual David Bowie that we know and love? Drugs. Uh, Drugs helps. But how about a one-two cultural punch, unlike anything anyone's ever seen? The 1968 release of 2001 A Space Odyssey? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And the 1969 event of man actually walking on the actual moon. Whoa. Alleged. Now, just to show you how badass Bowie was, less than two weeks before Man Walked on the Moon, he released this single. Fuck. Space Oddity was perfectly timed not only to properly launch the career of the actual David Bowie, but to announce to artists everywhere that a new genre has been forged. It's now cool to write songs about space. Thanks to the one small step of man walking on the moon and the one giant artistic leap by David Bowie, the 1970s were more more cluttered with space rock than any decade before or after. And now we're going to give that space rock a name. Moonshots. I should have waited for him to count me down. Oh, Oddity is a pun on Odyssey. It is. You finally got it. Yeah, I got it. Dave, way to wake up the sheeple there before with allegedly on the moon. Thank you. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast Show. <laughs> We're recording on microphone. I, I didn't know this was going to yeah, happen. I didn't either. I, I didn't either. I would have At the feralaudio.com studios. Where you can go to feralaudio.com and shop on Amazon through their polls. <laughs> To support, oh, to support all the Feral Audio artists, you go to feralaudio.com, shop on Amazon through the portal. It's beautiful. We all get a little bit of money, and, and uh, we keep doing our podcast. Shove your money through the Amazon portal. Yes, please. We're trying to sell out really hard. And if you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, do it through our website first. Yeah. Yeah, just go to this website, which you're already going to be on anyway, listening to quality podcasts, and click on Amazon. What I need to start remembering to do. Beyond Yacht Rock, swimming around in arbitrary genres, counting them down. My name is JD Riznar. Hollywood Steve, what's your name? My name is Hollywood Steve, and I can't believe I'm the only man in the studio wearing purple today. God damn it, you assholes. David Bowie. What? Oh, David Lyons. Oh, sorry. Lyons. I get that all the time, though. Okay, Hunter, what's your name? Exactly. You guys want to throw a bone to Yacht Rock? Let's throw bones. Do it. All right. 
have it. I have no, do it I up. It. Do it up. Do it up. Yeah. I have it on the loop. <laughs> you want to count it down ten times? No, one more time. <laughs> I don't want to count it down anymore because our, our bone throw song is too good. Steve, what the heck is this song? Damn right, JD. It's too good. This is... Mr. Bill Champlin, in honor of Chicago being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame very recently, I'm throwing the spotlight to one of their latter-day lead singers who was not inducted along with the classic 70s lineup, despite singing some of their biggest hits of the 80s, which I remembered to look up on my phone just before we started. And they include, his, his vocals include... Hard Habit to Break, Look Away, which was the biggest single of 1989, and I Don't Want to Live Without Your Love, uh, Chasing the, a lot of the latter-day stuff after wow. Satara left, plus Hard Habit to Break. He's an impressive guy. He is. He's a very impressive guy. Uh, we've talked about Bill Champlin before on the podcast. I can't remember exactly what capacity, probably a songwriting thing. Uh, but before he joined Chicago, he made a couple of uh, solo albums that were produced by David Foster. This, what we're listening to is the title track of the second one, Runaway, from 1981, which is the same year he ended up joining Chicago. Uh, fun fact, when he was considering joining Chicago, Kenny Loggins advised him not to on the logic that those guys are over. Typical read, Kenny. Read that on the internet. <laughs> um, he wrote a song, Kenny Loggins co-wrote a song on this album, it's very good. I forgot what it was called. It's uh, probably good though. It was about it was about having a date tomorrow. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> it's yeah. the weirdest love. It was weirdest like excitement <laughs> for a date tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting ready for the date tomorrow. Not I today. got a bunch of stuff to do tonight. I, uh, I th- oh yeah, I got to clean the apartment and yeah. like make sure the yeah. toilet looks okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you never know if it might end up back. You're like, oh god, I didn't think it was gonna go this well. It's, you don't want to be caught with your pants down metaphorically, just literally. But this song, <laughs> has, I, I noticed like it has this Toto sound to it, so I looked it up. It's co-written by Toto's rockin'est member, Steve Lukather. Ooh. Oh. So, I knew I liked it. Yeah, Bill Champlin was a little on the rock side. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's why he was listening to Kenny Loggins. Why he joined a rock band called Chicago. Um, there's a, there's a, here's a list of credits. You're going to love this list, Hunter. Uh, from this album, Jeff Beccaro, whoa, Richard Page, yeah, Jay Graydon, Jay fucking Graydon, yeah, and uh, Humberto Gattaca, who I don't, I don't think he has anything to do with yacht rock, but it's such a great name. What a great name to end a list with. Uh, uh, he, Bill, <laughs> Bill Champlin uh, knew a lot of those studio guys because he was a session vocalist uh, doing non-Michael McDonald backing vocals for a, for a wide variety of artists. I believe I read that he started on REO Speedwagon's album Nine Lives and just kind of went from there. Which is probably why Kenny told him not to join Chicago because he was being selfish and wanted him. Because he did do backgrounds with, for Kenny Loggins, so he's being a dick. <laughs> I, uh, this is, this, if I were to make a list of the rock Rockin' Yacht Rock songs, this song would be one of the anchors on it. This is just fantastic. Uh, it's both smooth and rockin', like a French wine. With smooth harsh music bu- that rocks. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. It's like a French wine, but with harsh bubbles, yet it's somehow generic, which is how this guy got his name, Bill Champlain. Oh, oh from the lake. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, Steve. <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about space rock? Yeah, what Wait, I, I want to do two oh. more fun facts oh, about Bill Champlin. Did you guys know that uh, Steve is trained in improv? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not really. <laughs> 
I made it through the. Oh, there yeah, it goes again. That's perfect. Through the beginner right levels at uh, that was Second it. There City. it is. Right. Everybody. Yeah, you heard it there. Steve's improv. Not really. <laughs> no. I've got something. I else also to have talk a passion about. for accuracy. Okay, enough enough funny bits. Steve, what are your two fun facts? I got two fun facts, JD. Uh, Bill <laughs> Champlin co-wrote two great yacht soul songs, "Earth, Wind, and Fires After the Love Is Gone" with Jay Graydon, which he won a Grammy for. And George Benson's Turn Your Love Around. Those two songs make up one fact. My second fact oh, God. is that <laughs> Bill, you have Bill two, Champlin's... You have two parts to multiple facts. No, yeah, he's, I do. He's Bill, talking like he's trying to hold in a fart. Bill Champlin's, <laughs> Bill Champlin's son, Will Champlin, appeared as a contestant on The Voice in 2013. Thank you very much. I had fun. Woo! This yeah. song is Billy Preston. It's called Out of Space. Yeah, listen to that listenable organ. There's no lyrics, but the fact that it's called Out of Space and it's from the 70s means it's influenced by this moonshot craze. That this is out of sight! And, so and it's Billy Preston, who is like the, he's like an alien that floated around the, the most amazing, amazing yeah, bands kind of, ever made. Yeah, he kind of orbited the Beatles. Yeah. He's and the Stones. Like and, a moon. Uh, Sly and the Family Stone and other stone. Other, some stone. Stone, stone something. Yeah. Let's talk about the big stone in the sky, the moon. Yeah. The moon shots are rock songs about space. Spaceships, UFOs, they're all created within, most of them are created within 10 years of uh, after man walked on the moon. And it took 10 years of this beautiful garbage before people started to realize that singing about outer space in their rock and roll was a little lame. These songs are all dead serious. Like, there's no there's no comedy songs. They're, if there is satire, is trying to be important satire. Yeah, there's no looking at the camera and winking. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some about, yeah, there's satire about our earthly society, but they really love the moon. They're trying, to make, a, they're trying to make a point. Some of the songs are fun, but fun is different than funny. The twist is a fun song, but it had a purpose to get people to do the twist. If Moonshots had a purpose, it's to make you believe space is as relevant to sing about as love or death. Which, or is, fucking. which is a terrible, like, they could have used this power for good to fund NASA or get kids interested in in space travel or, or go to space camp, but they didn't. They just tried to sell repackaged dumb love songs. And rock and roll songs. It's great. There's a lot of great fun themes and cliches to listen for. Like, Earth is terrible, space is awesome. That's in a lot of these songs. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to escape our terrible society yeah. here. A lot, a lot of simplistic ideas. Yeah. In, inviting lovers or potential lovers to come into space with you. That happens oh, a lot. yeah. A captive uh, audience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, contacting UFOs is another big one. Having uh, close encounters of a third kind. Uh, and there's a lot of space sound effects. Those are huge, especially when they're made with the instruments that you find around yeah. the studio, like uh, like guitars and synths. So some moonshots were more successful. There's Bowie's stuff, like Elton John's Rocket Man. Like those are all played consistently today. They've stood the test of time. Uh, but most of the songs on today's countdown didn't age quite as well. Those are my favorites. The ones that have uh, the slight stink of embarrassment to them. Uh, maybe some of these are ready to find a fresh audience, guys. What do you think? They they also they also these are guys who probably never read sci-fi. 
ever and probably failed out of uh, out of most science classes. So so they don't really know what they're doing. That's they, why they, that's why these didn't age very well. Well, they they definitely didn't read psi. They only yeah. read phi. Yeah, though. they're just they're more phi, high phi. I think some of these are as ready to find a new audience as my easy wickening playlist. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the bumpers that we're gonna do today pulled from a, a poem that Hollywood <laughs> Steve uh, brought up to me called "Whitey on the Moon" by, by Gil, Gil Scott, Scott Heron. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, now that's the Godfather of rap or hip hop, whichever you prefer. That's awesome. This it's is pretty awesome. This is biting satire. This, yeah. yeah, this is basically like, why are we going to the moon? Um, There's all these we're, problems. We're, we're super poor down in here. the ghetto. Yeah, and so, Whitey's on the moon. And Hunter put these together for me. It's it's beautiful. Let's get to the countdown, baby. Let's go repopulate the moon. A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Number ten. Elton John. I've seen the saucers. Elton John, he's got one of the few moonshot success stories with Rocket Man, but this song is an example of a typical moonshot. It's got the lame outer space sound effects. Oh, right there. It's got dumb lyrics. God. The Are protagonist they? of this song is your typical UFO wacko who claims to have been on flying saucers and knows all about their world. The song, this song, these words all have meaning, but you, when you put them in the order that they're in in this song, yeah, they become meaningless. Yeah, I know, yeah, I, I know what these words mean separately, but combined together, it's horseshit. Like, that's kind of the hallmark of Bernie Taupin's, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Taupin, Taupin, I, I Taupin? always say Taupin. Okay, Taupin, Bernie Taupin. Yeah. Taupin. We're gonna go with Bernie Taupin. 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 <laughs> Taupin. Taupin. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I find that quality in a lot of his lyrics. You know, Bernie Taupin, he wrote all of Elton John's lyrics. All of them. Like they're, so, sing, they're singing about space, and he's like, and they brought something satanic. Like, he, that's not has nothing to do yeah. with space travel Is this an all. easy wickening song? It could, it could, it could it be. He has no idea. No, it's it not shitty enough, Steve. But when you, oh, think, you're right. when, when you think of Elton John and Bernie Taupin's collaborations, especially early in their careers, when Elton was publicly closeted, he, 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 Bernie Taupin wrote all his lyrics. Um, it's almost like some of his lyrics are like, hey, hey, dummies, Elton John is gay. You know, when you're putting words into Elton John's mouth and you're writing word, uh, songs like The Bitches Back, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. We know who the sun is. Like, I don't think yeah, I'm being... some guy's son. I'm not being crass here, am I? Like, if you're putting words into Elton John's mouth, why say I've seen the saucers? Like, a saucer is a porn term. It's like, it's a guy who sauces on a lady in a bukkake I, movie. I looked this up. According to Urban Dictionary, saucer is a noun. It's a partner in a sexual relationship in which there is no emotional connection, and sauce is highly involved. Yeah, so there you, you go. You would be the one to look that up, wouldn't you? Yeah. I'm, not just, I'm just making a whole I would not have thought joke. to look that up. There's something about Bernie Taupin's, Taupin's lyrics that are make, they're sort of like, hey, look at look at me, Elton John, look what I'm up, look at me. Is Bernie Taupin a, a gay man? No, he is uh, straight. So a lot of these songs were his, like... He marries women. So is that lots why there's lots of sci-fi songs, because it felt like Elton John was kind of an alien to him? Maybe. I mean, they were. I'm sure they were the bestest of friends. I don't know. Where sexuality maybe, was a alien. Maybe to he him? was trying to do what Freddie Mercury was trying to do when he named the band Queen and sang a song called "Bicycle Race." Oh. He was trying to do that. Mm. You know, Freddie. Freddie. Freddie had the panache to be a little more explicit yeah, about Rob, it. Rob Halford could sing uh, "Ram It Down" and "Hellbent for Leather." An island of domination. Exactly. Eat me alive. It's mm. a good list, guys. Yeah. Impressed. We love, we love I'm impressed. <laughs> Bernie Taupin was a big sci-fi fan as a kid. 
So that inspired this song. What, what, the, the real thing is that he loves sci-fi. But why say I've seen the saucers? Why not, uh, I've seen the UFOs. It sounds oh, better. Alliteration. UFOs. Seen the saucers. Yeah. Anyway. I, the, th- the worst thing about this song to me is that it's weird, but it's also kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's... Well, it, it should be more how, I don't know what poignant. to do with weird with music that's weird but not interesting. It's and it's and it's not very poignant. Its lyrics yeah. are like a mishmash of a sci-fi magazine you cut up and threw in them. It's filler. Yeah. I can't pay no doctor bills for white is on the moon. Number nine. These are great bumpers. Talking about Whitey on the Moon, here's the band Yes. <laughs> with a song called Arriving USO. UFO. UFO. Arriving USO. We're here to entertain you, Afghanistan. Is open this? <laughs> so this is where moonshots belong, like in a super nerdy prog song. Um, I don't know a lot about Yes, but I do know that they were extremely influential in the prog world. You know, Steve, I think we could come up with a new genre of, of like... Prog bands that rip off yes, and we call it no. Yes is in that genre. Sounds like I, maybe. I am not a fan of yes. Yeah, I'd add Star not Castle. Not at this point in my life. Star Castle and Druid would fit your new genre, JD. I love Star Castle. They sound exactly like yes. We're going to put them in no. So again, this song has kind of been lost in time, and it contains like the lame laser and space sound effects. This is one of our post-Star Wars songs on our playlist, and as you can tell, <laughs> Star Wars did nothing to make moonshots any cooler. <laughs> I wish we were listening to the disco medley of those Star Wars songs. Uh, Miko. Oh, yeah, those Miko. are great, man. Yeah. Miko is an American treasure if he was American. Yep. Yes always sounded like a tiny little mini prog band. Mm-hmm. They, they sound tiny. Like you could carry them around to parties. Little pocket yes. And, yeah, like and, every, mm-hmm. every nice is made out of fairies. Yeah, mm-hmm. a pocket yes. Yeah, you'd pull them, out, you'd pull them out in front of people and it would be a nice conversation starter. And then after their 15-minute solo was over, the party would die. Hey, everyone, the, the music of this party is too good. What should we do? Oh, I brought I my brought pocket, pocket yes. Yeah. You know, this song... If this song was about paganism, it would have it would have fit your easy wickening playlist perfectly. I, I, honestly, if I if I wasn't looking at the lyrics, if I was only listening to this, I would think this is not about aliens, but you know the pixies we discussed that are from yeah. Cornwall, known as Spriggans, direct oh, yeah. from the tin mines of Tolgas. That's what this music sounds like to <laughs> well, me. When you, li- when you listen to these lyrics, you tiny. Don't, you don't want to hang out with this guy, not even if you're on drugs, like. How do they sell any albums? Let me do a little album, some album economics. Inflation calculation. Yeah, so uh, in 1978, albums cost $8.98. Minimum wage was Mm $2.65. So you'd have to work for four hours to buy this album. That's all I'm saying. Like four million hours were worked to buy this platinum album. Well, people loved flea circuses because tiny cells. Little cute. <laughs> things sell like little little dogs $33 by today's uh, money with inflation this, yeah, this album is, would have cost you $33 this is the novelty pet of music by the way I did look at the lyrics to this song they never once mention aliens there's something about the circus of heaven but ah. there's like they're talking about fairies and elves and centaurs and I think I'm pretty sure that somebody is also opening the seven seals of the apocalypse Without even telling us what color the horses were. <laughs> yeah. Maybe those were the UFOs. The third one is a blue. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while white is on the moon. Number eight. 
The Kinks, supersonic rocket ship. These guys definitely failed out of science class. Yeah, the Kinks, they had a bunch of badass songs when they choose to sing about cool stuff like transgender women like Lola or mm -hmm. fucking all day and all of the night. Mm -hmm. But when they try to look forward to space travel as a way to bring harmony to mankind, no. No, that doesn't work. Now, this is from their uh, their 70s period when they kind of started to get really weird and insular and they do all these concept albums because uh, originally when they were... Uh, when they were about to tour with all the other British invasion bands, they couldn't get visas to the United States because of a drug offense. So the Beatles and Stones were out seeing the world, and they were just stuck on the island. I actually, when when I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I read a letter from Pete Townsend. I don't know who it was to, but he he expressed how sad he was for Ray Davies because the Kinks should have been the biggest band in the world, but because of that drug offense, they got held back, and he like went out of his mind. Yeah, and they 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 they're they're really influential on Britain pop because they sounded so British in the late 60s and early 70s and they were interesting they leave and they were really yeah, they were cool really, yeah too. they were really good in the late 60s and early 70s and then Ray kind of sucked up into his mind like Ziggy Stardust a little bit let's take a listen to the song for a couple seconds you see it's dumb this is dangerously close to trying Raga, which is something that I'm gonna. Talk <laughs> is, this, about later. is this from the same album that Ape Man is from? No, this, Ape Man was on Lola. This is from a concept album called Everybody's in Showbiz. Yeah. To me, this this song sounds a lot like Ape Man, and where this one's about trying to get away from the Earth to form a better society. Ape Man was about regressing to a simpler society. Wow, we really we really did a good job on this one. Uh, is it Carnival? Like, is it Carnival? We're being very time. serious. Is it, so this song's called supersonic rocket ship and let me drop some basic science on you all rocket ships are supersonic yeah Su you have to be the speed to break. Of, yeah to break out of orbit yeah. uh mach 1 is the speed of sound um suborbital rockets they reach mach 8 yeah to get even higher up into regular yeah. orbit and once space. they're cruising speed we're talking mach 25 that's yeah. a lot of mocks yeah it's a lot of moxie but yeah so it, this is like so calling a song uh supersonic rocket ship is like calling a song mile an hour car car Oh. Ka. Ka. Are you from Boston? Today I am. Boston JD? I'm from Boston. Boston, eh? That's perfect. <laughs> the man just off my rent last night because Whitey's on the moon. Number seven. That's why he upped the rent? Because Whitey's on the moon. Uh, you got to pay more to live here now because Whitey's on well, the moon. He's got to pay yeah. more taxes because his tax dollars are funding oh, okay. NASA. Yeah, so and, that, and that filters down. I get it. I tr yeah. It trickles down, Dave. Yeah. It yeah. does. It yeah. does. It works. It trickles down. trickles down, not the money. This song is called Spaceman by Journey. And since we gave you too much Steve Perry last week. Oh, I disagree with that statement. Well, yeah, it's never enough. But here's some pre-Steve Perry Journey. This is terrible yeah. Greg Rowley on vocals. Who's really not that bad, but when he's compared by with Steve Perry, you know, I'm a handsome guy, but next to Zac Efron, I resemble Dave's balls. So are you saying we've all seen Dave's balls? Are you saying your head long? long balls. Are you saying your head looked like you sat in gum, JD? Yes. Ladies love long balls. Nice sports reference, Dave. Mm. So I like this song because it's not about space at all, yet it still tries to cash in on the moonshots craze. See, he says, I'm not a spaceman. It's kind of like everyone else.
else who's doing this is lame, so we're gonna do this, but from outside the door, I'll just stick my foot in there a little bit to make this opportunity, make sure this opportunity doesn't close up on me. Because if, if we fail, we're gonna have to hire Steve Perry as our lead vocalist and become a billion times better. We don't want that to happen, do we, guys? And these guys, I'm not a spaceman just seems like a really poor excuse for not doing stuff. Yeah. Like, like uh, they think that like maybe doing the dishes can only be done by a spaceman. Somebody's coming, hey, Greg Riley, do your dishes, clean up after yourself. And he's like, whoa, man, I'm not a spaceman. What do I look like? <laughs> I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. Is this, like a, the, I, uh, is this from the album where they're, uh, the cover has them all floating in space, or like no, looks like just, they're kind of floating? No, they're just. This is one. This is like their only normal cover. Aren't they just like standing there next to each other, just looking at the camera? I'm not sure. I didn't look at the cover of this album. I think you're right. I yeah, think it's, you're they're right. just. It's just, it's just that. Well, they're not just standing there. It's like shot from below, and they're kind of up high, and there's like a mountain behind. Them. No, it's just a black. I'm pretty sure it's just a blank background. Yeah. And and they probably were like, "Hey, take a better picture." And the guy's like, "What? I'm not a spaceman." Yeah. It's so a good idea because I, I can I, do. I definitely believe that Greg Raleigh is not a spaceman because when I listen to his voice, he's clearly never come close to soaring into the heavens in the manner of Steve Perry's voice. Absolutely not. He's really, he's like a mile an hour car. A literal mile an hour car. Yeah. So this grounded. is what the electric car was like back in the day. Before it was suppressed. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. Number six. Ooh. Mm. Sad space. Ticket to the Moon by Electric Light Orchestra, also known as ELO. This song. What does this sound like? Sounds, sounds like, like Ticket like to the Moon by yeah. ELO. <laughs> exactly. Sounds like sadness. This song comes a little after the Moonshot's Golden Age. This song came out in 1981, but I love it and I love ELO so much I had to include it. It's a great example of this overarching theme in Moonshots, which is things are incredible up there, terrible on Earth. But this song has a nice melancholy twist because as horrible as things are down here, this guy is so in love with his lover, he'd give up his one-way ticket to Wonderful Moon to watch the sunrise in her eyes. Is this is this one of the ones where you like use this as a pickup line? Like, hey, baby, let's go repopulate the moon. You know, I did... <laughs> No, because he can't take her. Yeah. He can't take oh, her. Oh, he can't. Usually people oh, are like, come on tragedy. up into space with me, you know, but this guy can't take her, and that's why it's, it's no such wonder. a sad moonshot. No wonder Some, it's so melancholy. Somebody needs to tell this Elo guy that just because he got a ticket somewhere, it doesn't Hello. mean it's pronounced Elo. Elo. Like the social media platform. Somebody needs to tell this guy, this Elo, that just because you have a ticket to something doesn't mean you have to go. You can you can decline it and stay with your lover. You yeah, have, she, could, she could have a ticket to ride. Like, I had a ticket ticket to go see Eddie Money once. Mm -hmm. I got for free. You know what? I didn't go. Uh, I went next year. Yeah, I've stayed home from oh, like, well. big events because it was raining. Welcome to Los Angeles. Uh, hey, I figured out what I thought it sounded Nobody like. flakes on the moon. It's better up there. Yeah. Well, that's what those songs are about. All that cheese. Um, this is from an ELO sort of concept album called Time. It's it's kind of about the future in general. I think uh, there's a couple songs about fucking robots. Oh, yeah. It's really yeah. good. I love this album. I used to put all my albums on cassette tapes when I had a tape player in my car. <laughs> I, I remember that car. We called it the Ford Vagina. Mm -hmm. It was the Ford Aspire. It's only made, it was Ford's car for women. If you ever see them on the road now, they all look crumpled. Like, their bodies uh, don't hold up. Yeah, they kind of yeah. look like a roller skate. You had a whole shoebox full of, <coughs> full of tapes in that I car. Did. This was 2005. 
five. It yeah. had aspirations to be a real car. And when I put this song on tape, I remember I was making out with a girl, and I was I stopped to flip the record over so I can continue making this tape. That's a fucking power move. Uh, not, not only were you, were you making out with the girl while you were taping it, but you flipped it over, too. That's yep. great. Yeah, yeah. The magic I, of tape, you could stop it, and then... No, he wasn't taping his making out. He was listening I to I know, but he was... I'm saying... <laughs> Never mind. Weirdo? I'm saying he was making out while doing a tape. I want to say that the Ford Aspire helped promote feminism by encouraging girls to work hard at their careers so they could afford a better fucking car. <laughs> Amen. Fifty states and fifty podcasts. The tour bus moving down south. Oh. Where, where are we, Dave? Oh. Welcome to Arkansas, everybody. The natural state. It's, Does that, it's, that mean it's, it's naked? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm aware that both Johnny Cash and Al Green are from Arkansas, but I wanted to play Conway Twitty. Yeah, this is a great song. It really is. And when I was a kid, I thought this was like Elvis or Roy Orbison. I didn't realize country could be this cool. And it really goes to show you how far it's fallen, says Old Man Dave. This is back when all when every like young country guy wanted to be Elvis. It's a, one of the best eras of country. Um, Arkansas, of course, is home to the sultriest of saxophonists, uh, President Bill Clinton. You remember this climax? <laughs> you remember Clinton went on Arsenio and played that that thing, and it was horrible. He was, won the election because of that. It though. was horrible. But before, like all we've ever seen presidents do is like look like assholes on television. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were coming out of the, you know people still remembered Richard Nixon and Gerald Ford falling down and he put, Reagan having Alzheimer's. Nixon lifting a dog up by the ears. He put sunglasses on like a lamo and yeah. played terrible saxophone, and everybody went nutballs. And it was still the coolest thing any president yeah. had yeah. ever he done up, up to that MC point. Scott Cat. Yeah, it was awful. I love it. Arkansas, that's the kind of cool vibe that Arkansas brings to the music world. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is. Also, Evanescence. Yeah, oh, oh they're, they're from good. Arkansas? I think so. Wow. Uh, I will also say, driving through Arkansas, they have the worst highway entrances I've ever seen. You'll have what I guess we would call an access road in Michigan mm -hmm. running along the highway. And then the entrance, you just have to like swerve across oncoming traffic to go on the, the highway. And I seem to remember them being red. Like maybe they're made out of clay or something. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Arkansas. Fun fact about Arkansas there. I like this song. This song feels like it's a, it's going to mechanically slow down and get overtaken by electricity noises and we're going to find ourselves in some David Lynchian nightmare. Oh, like you mean like, like season two of uh, <laughs> True Detective, which had that awesome scene with Conway Twitty and you're like, oh man, this is going to be great. And then it doesn't fucking pay off at all. Giving him 50 a week and now White is on the moon. Back on the bus. Yeah. Off we go. Bye bye, Arkansas. Short song. Oh, There's one of those sound effects, huh? Yeah, aside from the sound effect, I fucking love this song. This is Montrose, Space Station number five. Yeah. JD, did you put this at number five because I had number five in the title? It's a coincidence. My algorithm to choose songs in certain numbers just made this one land here. You've so got a really complex algorithm. <laughs> uh, you guys wouldn't even get it. I'm about to make an app uh, through that algorithm and make a billion dollars. Yeah, the military is very interested. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so this is where moonshots... Watch out, they might want to use it for nefarious purposes. Oh. Our mm. military? Nah. This is where moonshots start to get good because uh, the music is awesome. The content of the song is still ridiculous. This one hasn't gotten good yet. No, it's going It's about through. to, though. It's got a lead... Is this the first this is like song a minute of the album? This, this is, is like a when, minute this is, of garbage. This is when, this is when Ronnie Montrose was still creating the palette for hard rock guitar. The and Sammy Hagar palette. was still making bands better. So yeah, this yes. is this is Montrose. Keep it in your pants. It's the most famous for the song "Get on Your Bad Motor Scooter and Ride," and having Sammy Hagar as a lead singer. But let's let's be honest. About fifty bands can make that claim. That guy's lead, lead song in a lot of bands. Yeah. yeah, it's about time one of you guys picked a good Sammy Hagar song. This song is so good. Iron Maiden covered it. No, this is amazing. Montrose is super underrated. They really are. Yeah. Super underrated. Yeah, their debut album is like a, a legitimate hard rock classic, so it makes sense that you guys never brought it up once in your Van Hagar argument. Because I have a theory. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a theory that this song ultimately got Sammy Hagar the gig at Van Halen because if you notice at the beginning of the song there's that minute of stupid space sound effects <laughs> made by the guitar so I bet when considering new lead singers Eddie Van Halen heard this song and it was like Sammy Hagar will let his lead guitar player do anything I'm, I, want I can, I can play a fucking drill into my pickup yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, fully, I'm fully on board with that theory JD. I have a theory that this is awfully similar to the Doobie's China Grove riff but I don't care because it's fucking badass it's really good uh, this one stays more harder. steady. Yeah. It doesn't descend the same way, but it's pretty much the same rhythm. Do you guys yeah. know if this was before or after heavy metal, Sammy Hagar's he heavy metal? This is before, this was right? 72, I think. Yeah, so like five years so before. Heavy metal kind of had this vibe to it. And it was about space boobs. Yeah. It was about space boobs. This song is great. This song has a has a badass Hagar hook. You know that oh the time we had living underground. It's so cool. But it also contains uh, terrible Hagarisms, like describing the birth of a star as space and time making love. <laughs> oh, terrible, by terrible, I mean awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Terribly yeah. awesome. That's so I'll shake awesome. your little lick alive. It's one of the yeah, best I'm, things I'm, Sammy yeah, Hagar Steve ever and I are wrote. defending Hagar over yeah. here. This is. <laughs> what are you guys ragging on Hagar for? Yeah, Oh, God, I loved it. It was great. Listen to this whole lot. Well, the only there's one bad song in this album. They cover Good Rockin' Tonight, and it's terrible. But everything else is awesome. We're gonna bring it down. And this part Ooh. of the song is a veiled reference to pollution. This is the how shitty things are on Earth thing. And then he also uh, is inviting a girl to, to come into awesome space with him. In this oh, spot. this is a pickup line one. Yeah. Space yeah. boobs. Let's go repopulate the space station, baby. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the Moon? Number four. It was. This song is called Space Love by the ultimate moonshot band Hawkwind. <laughs> okay, I just want to get this off at the top. Yeah. Lemmy was in this band. Yeah, yeah, no, I put that in the notes. And uh, he was, and I'm pretty sure, we don't know when this came out. Why did you have yes. to get that off the top? Yeah. You guys have a Hunter, lot of Hunter likes there. to get off as a top. <laughs> what was that? Let's that, was back taking to your, that was taking your phrasing and turn and throwing it back at you. We'll come back Good to Lemmy. Explain that again. <laughs> I want to talk about Hawkwind for a second. Because Hawkwind played consistently in the moonshot genre for over mm -hmm. 45 years. And it's still going. They're still yeah. putting out albums. Uh, they formed in the fall of 69. <laughs> 
<laughs> Stupid. Jesus. Where's this guy's head? In the shadow of the moon landing and um, in the spacing of David Bowie, but they were too chicken shit to make their uh, to make a, an album until their second a moonshot album until their second album, uh, which was called In Search of Space, and then they went on to become one of the hottest moonshot bands in the universe. I, what I and what I like about it is they're kind of the bridge between like the psychedelic hippie songs about space, but like space is a metaphor for like an LSD trip, and they're kind of bringing it. They're kind of bridging it into the 70s, like the new rock sound of the 70s. So I wanted to talk, say the Lemmy thing because you described him as chicken shit. Lemmy was in this band. Yeah, and you know why he got fired from this band? Because he got drunk, got arrested, yeah, and got missed arrested. the show. Yeah, he was I also heard it was known because as because he got busted for speed. It is, it yeah. is. He got a busted for yeah. Because he always said he was, his his big mistake with Hawkwind was taking different drugs than the rest of the band. Yeah, he. They also called him Lemmy the Lurch. That's how he was credited. I want to because he looked like Lurch from the Monsters. I have no idea, Steve. British, I don't know. I He's didn't dead look it now. I want to talk about the mystery. Never know. Rub uh, that in my face. Yeah. Hey guys, sorry, I'm done talking. Moonshot. I was, I was trying to, I was trying to back them down for you. How come I have more money here? Mm, white is on the moon. Number three. Ooh. Hmm. Right, this song is called Spaceship Superstar. It's great Prism. so far. <laughs> sorry. These are my moonshots. You're ruining them. Here comes the song. <laughs> the one part we probably should be talking about. Yeah. Well, we all got the giggles now. The song is called Spaceship Superstar by the Canadian band Prism. Also a car. It's my car. Now. Does this band have three members? I don't know. Power Trio? Yeah, Canadian Power Trio. Oh. CPT. You guys done with your bits? Back and forth and you with your bits? Hey, we I, got, <laughs> I did a lot of research on these songs, guys! We've all, we've all got improv training now. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> Boom! Everything seems boring to me now, though. <laughs> Maybe it's the music. Everything. Yeah, this is bad music, guys. Uh, but I like this song. There's some good cowbell clunking away back there. Yeah, this is a good clunk rock song. Mm. And it doesn't make any sense because they talk about a solar-powered laser beam. What the fuck does that exactly do? Because well, you can only see lasers at night? And that was Prism Spaceship Superstar. I had my bill of Whitey on the moon. Number two. I could say a million different things about that song. But, but you're not going to. It's just because another song about space. It's just yeah. another song about space. Good podcasting. Oh, what do we got here? Oh, shit. Let me fast forward these sound effects. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. There's like a full it's minute. Like a full minute. So this song is Montrose called... Can pull it off. Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft by Klaatu. It's a manual about how to contact aliens using nothing but your mind. That's all it's about. There's no subtext. It's not about anything else. It's just using telepathy to talk at aliens who are occupying spaceships at the moment. They even tell you exactly what to say to them. This is the band that had a song called Anus of Uranus. 
And people thought this was literally the Beatles. Yeah, how do you yeah. get that even? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I... Okay, so you can hear like a little bit of Lucy in the Sky with diamonds. In a this. little bit, like yeah. A little bit. But this... I When I look this up, I, I always go to YouTube to look it up because I want to see the, the faces and the people, what they look like, see if there's a video. I found the Carpenter's version of this, which starts with this really cool DJ, like, Hey, how you doing? And then it's just... Yeah, yeah. Alien voices. And he's doing hip DJ patter with the alien that he doesn't realize is an alien. The, Come uh, on, babe, I can't hear you! <laughs> the actual Carpenter's version sounds no different from this one. Yeah, it's got I, I think they, they make the space voices a tiny bit weirder, but it's it's pretty much the same, yeah. Um, so, Clatu. The story of this band, Clatu, is one of my favorite stories in rock and roll of all time. It came out in 76 and basically everybody thought, like Steve said, they were the Beatles reunited. Like, uh... Um... Like, they thought they were the Beatles to the point their albums, album sales were significantly boosted. Basically, a guy, uh in Rhode Island wrote in a newspaper, are these the Beatles? And the guy in Connecticut said on the air, and DJ, are these, I think these are the Beatles. And then the record company literally had to send 20,000 more records to Connecticut because everybody wanted to listen to this band to see if they were the Beatles. And to be fair, it sounds Beatly. It does. Yeah. And then yeah. they flipped the album over and saw there was a song called Anus of Uranus. <laughs> and they felt Oh, stupid. that must have been a McCartney one. <laughs> but with, with no internet at the time, you, all you could rely on is two stupid podunk DJs and yeah. newspaper men. I mean, that's rumors. You have to you have to spend your $33 of today's money to buy the album to be disappointed. That's like if your only music facts come from the four of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's dangerous territory. Like space. What's the first two lines in the Wikipedia article? Alright, here we go. Uh, this song's probably about some weird fucking. And these guys were Canadian too, right? What was... Oh yeah, they were totally Canadian. I yeah. think these guys had three members, so they can get into that. They can lump into the Canadian power What's with Canada's fascination with space rock? I don't they know. Don't have a space program? Is but it? It's there's something about Canadians' they adorable naivete about what they think is cool. Here's the Beatle part. Yeah. This is fucking anus of your. If you think about it, if the Beatles are going to reunite, they're probably going to do something deeper about than a song about contacting aliens with your mind. Like it's yeah, it's that's not like, going to be like, hey John, you want to stop blowing a hole and organize religion and come and write some stupid space music? Oh Ringo, that's the best idea that's you've all ever right. had. I'll leave that for sticks. <laughs> I can't believe these guys thought of two different words they could rhyme with interplanetary. Most extraordinary. These, this Ultra type of, emissaries. This type of space opti optimism would get them beat up by the first alien they met. <laughs> they were threatened to be beat up by Paul McCartney. It turned out to be oh, a joke. Yeah, it was backstage somewhere. He got a note from Paul McCartney being like, I'm going to beat you up. And then Paul McCartney came and talked to him. But how annoying for Paul McCartney must have been to have to talk to these Canadian losers who bit his style <laughs> and pretend to like them and be excited yeah. about their dumb like, song. Oh, no. Everybody still thought he was dead, noise. too, probably. <laughs> I think I'll send these doctor bills. Air mail special. Number two. Whitey on the moon. One. Yeah. Nice bumper. Uh, nice number one. Space Trucking by Deep Purple. Leave it to moonshots, the genre that has a tendency to make something that should be cool, super lame, to be able to give us an awesome hard organ song. Listen to that thing fart. Yeah, shit, yeah. Where the hell was this gold on your shit list, Steve? Dave, I can't put Deep Purple in a countdown of bands influenced by Deep Purple. 
I'd also like to point out that everyone who made fun of my list is now being influenced by it. It's really a shame that you can't realize how cool I am while it's actually happening. I know, it's always in hindsight. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, people and, take it, it takes time to catch up with people who are so far ahead of their time. I never should have shown you the Atomic Rooster album I bought last yeah. week. <laughs> you don't want to totally bought an Atomic you Rooster. You don't want to poke the Steve and a hole. Lucifer's Friend album. All right. You don't want to poke the Steve hole, or it'll poke you back. Yeah. I made a tape. Side one is his hard organ playlist. Side two is Easy Wickening. Listen to it all the time. I can't get enough. <laughs> it's fantastic. So never I, heard anything else like it. <laughs> I think this I think this is the best moonshot because of how confusing it is. It's both obscure and well known. It's both silly and badass. It's both hard organ and easy to listen to. It just perfectly demonstrates how weird it is that cool rock guys thought it was a good idea to write rock songs about outer space. And this is a this is an everyman space song. Like even if you fail out of science class, you could still become a space trucker. Yeah, you could still drive a truck in space. You can go to space truck and trade school. Well, at this time, truck was a big thing, like keep on trucking, BJ and the Bear. There was all this uh, space trucking going on. Super exciting. This was like a little earlier. Than, this probably started that trend. I'm this saying probably started the whole trend of truck driving country. Uh, Red yeah. Simpson. That Deep, pur stuff. Deep Purple starts everything. Is basically what yeah. he's saying. Hey, there's no dumb space sound effects in here. No, it's good. I think you purposely alternate your number ones to be completely off base or completely spot on. Yeah, I like to keep you guys on your toes. If anything, this is like a trucking sound effect because it's like it's more of a train, but it was more of like it sounds like a truck chugging along. And that that hard organ chugs along like a big rig riding the highways of this her, great country. <laughs> breaker, breaker. All right, that's All Moonshot. Right, yeah, over and out, good buddy. CB. Good job, everyone. What didn't make the list, guys? Dave? Uh, Parliament, Mothership Connection. Parliament's yeah. great. I wanted to stick to garbage music. Oh. Oh, that's, that's why there's only Whitey on the moon. Yeah. Uh, I would have put the song Spaceship Superstar by Prism on this countdown. It was uh, it was like a 70s road anthem, but like with, uh, you know, a set in space. It's funny, I was going to do that same joke. <laughs> I, wanted, I really wanted to talk about that song. I had a diva freak out. I got thrown. I didn't want to talk about that song. Wait, Hunter, I'll let you pick that. I'll pick a different one. Did anybody else's mom get them those personalized birthday records by Captain Zoom? No. Could, like, no. send away from her, like, Captain Zoom, who lives on the moon, comes down to Earth just to sing you this, to like, hey, Steve, it's your birthday! <laughs> and then he goes on a big, long rant about the creatures he could have gotten you from the moon, but instead he decided to make you a birthday song. And he has a friend called the Saucer Man. Nobody got that! No. Nobody got no. that record! Because no. it was no. just my mom. Hunter, what do you think well, should just, have been on this I just wanted countdown? to say about that prison song. It's so amazing because they talk about how famous they are on Mars. Did yeah. you say prison? Prism. 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 And uh, there's no way you can factually check that that out if they were... No, but they do say they knocked them dead on Venus, and yeah. Venus is 900 degrees and it has atmospheric pressure. <laughs> they're already crushing, dead. So they're already dead. They're the most popular people in their own space. That was a really great song. I really, really... I'm sorry we ruined this. No, I ruined it. You. It was my bad. It was my bad, guys. Other I'm than that, I would have... Sorry. Okay. Other than that, well, I would have... We got it all I would have picked Stafe, Space War by Utopia. Yeah. Which I want to yeah. play because it's great. It didn't make the list because it was too instrumental. I want to talk oh, about this something is... with some words. But this song is Ooh. awesome. This is by Todd Rundgren. Yeah. In Utopia, oh, in Utopia yeah. It's a great uh, song. Is to this end Disco on. Jets or Sp oh, Space War? Yeah. Space War off the Disco Jets album. Yeah, okay. Also, it wasn't really released back then. Like, they unearthed it and released it recently. Really? That was another reason I didn't ah. want to talk about it. Um, but, um, 
Next week, we're going to get it back on track. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. I'm bringing my own shots. Hunter's in the captain's chair for giallo shots. It's music from Italian horror films. It's obscure and requires a ton of research from all of us. I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to make bits over all the research you did. That's fine. Bits with yeah, Dave. I'm I think, happy. Uh, I think it's going to be a pissing match to see who can come up with the uh, the most unlistenable playlist between Hunter and Steve. Yeah, he's trying it's to be so much fun, you guys. He's going to try to out Hollywood Steve, Hollywood Steve. And I don't know why you're doing this. You have such great taste in fun, popular music. There's no reason to do this. But I, I really love this that kind of music. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's a great why. reason. Oh, yeah. That's, that's it. one good reason. This is, okay. is I, I, I keep this. This is coming out of the Hunnel. I keep the secret from you guys. Hunnel. The Hunnel is the rival thing to the Steve Hole now. Oh, you. <laughs> is no, it's it's actually the shits. way. It's the, it's my way of getting into the Steve Hole. Oh, oh, take the oh you take the, the Hunnel into the Steve Hole. Yeah. I get it. All right. Well, find I'm this, delighted. By the way, find this week's Moonshots playlist by following JD Riznar on Spotify. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Long. Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate and review us on iTunes, please. Go to YachtRock.com for what will hopefully one day be a useful experience. Thanks to Rob Crow and Matt Lee for the theme bumpers. Thanks to producer Dustin Marshall for leaving the milk jug in the fridge with less than a gulp in the bottom. <laughs> that was passive-aggressive and sarcastic if you didn't figure that out already. You're drinking his milk? Yeah, check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. It's a great portal through which to buy Amazon products as well. And Prism. Sure is. Yeah. Stock Spaceship Prism. Superstar. Prism. Oh, Canada. You danced to this. This is the coolest space war ever. Were you at that Hall & Oates show with me when uh, Todd Rundgren came out and played a solo, but he was so drunk he fell backwards and knocked over two amps? I wasn't. Mount Pleasant Casino. So I've only been to two Hall and Oates. I've only been to two Hall and Oates concerts, and I walked out of both of them. Yep. <laughs> Here's the answer to the bumper boats beyond yacht rock bumper guessing contest. Number ten, Ride Like the Wind by Christopher Cross. Number nine, Hey Nineteen by Steely Dan. Number eight, What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. Number seven. Children Go Where I Send Thee by Michael McDonald. It's a Christmas song. Never Enough by Toto is number six. Bad Sneakers by Steely Dan is five. Heart to Heart by Kenny Loggins is four. Andrew Gold Lonely Boy is three. Just the Two of Us by Grover Washington Jr. Is two, and number one is Haw and Oats with one on one. Thanks for playing and listening to our wonderful podcast. Mm-hmm.